an exposition on angels. It could be a seven days expo on angels only. And we will we'll be able to get a detailed look at various aspects and go into them thoroughly, which, could, which at the end of it, we should provide a book for you. And then yesterday I spoke on visions. I probably will rather call that God's communication. Because when we use the word vision, it's very easy for some people to just have a narrow understand, narrow view of what vision is. So we looked at all aspects of God passing information to his children through visions, which comprises open vision, trance, audible voice, you know, uh, your mind, prophetic, and the word of God as well. But having laid the bedrock about angels, I think it fits to talk to you about spiritual warfare. All these areas of things I'm teaching you are the free benevolence that God has which many Christians will not use or operate because they don't understand it. I remember on Monday I told you that one of the things that pains the heart of God is the inability of Christians to come to their full potentials when they are on earth. And I believe very much that a lot of Christians who have died haven't got to heaven and now discovering all the potentials they have, they regret. And the reason is because majority of Christians do not study the Bible. Even ministers. A lot of ministers don't study the Bible. They read the Bible to preach, but it's different from studying the Bible. Because the evidence of studying the Bible is manifestation of gifts. When you study the Word, you, have, you begin to have manifestations of gifts. So tonight we want to talk about Spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare? It is the warfare of spirits. Spiritual warfare means warfare of spirits. Three spirits or three categories of spirits that we know. The first spirit is the spirit of God. And when I talk about the spirit of God, I talk about the spirit of God and all the intelligence that God has created who are with God in the heavens which is angels and all the rest of the spirit that are under the uh, you know who are standing who are, who are there but at the same time we have the spirit of uh, of um,
just a minute now. All right, so spiritual warfare is the warfare of spirits. And in the classification of spirits, you have this intelligence that God had created, spiritual intelligence, angels, and all the hosts of heaven and rest of them. Then you have on the other side, the devil and all the angels that fell with him. But then in the middle of both, you have the spirit of man, which comprises all humanity. I found out from the scriptures that everything that we see in the physical has been predetermined spiritual. Because we have just a short time tonight, and my focus tonight is to, to help you understand just in this warfare issue. I won't go into a lot of details. That is what I was searching, whether I should go into that, but it will take our time. But we will look into spiritual warfare deeply. For us to be anything now, we have to trace the origin in the Bible. Anytime we can trace the origin of an operation or occurrence in the Bible, it will tell us the fundamentals issues and will be in the better position to understand why like that now. Now when I began to look at origin of warfare, I discovered that the book of Revelation chapter 7, chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, you know, those of you who have been with me for a while will know that um, this is one of my favorites. It says that there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. It was not strong enough, verse 8, and they lost their place in heaven. I want to verse. Then it says, that great dragon, or the great dragon, was hauled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hauled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night, 
have been hauled down. Out of the land, and by the word of their testimony, they did not their life so much as to shrink from death. Let me help us just analyze that piece of a story. What I found out as a summary of this is this. There was war in heaven. The reason for the war. War does not just happen unless there's a conflict. Do we agree together on this? Somebody disagreed with another person and they could not resolve it. So they decided to go on force. A nation disagrees with another nation, an authority with another authority. They couldn't resolve it. Then they go on battle. What caused every war? Every war is a result of conflict or disagreement. Now, the first war was in heaven. Now, what happened in heaven? If we understand how the war came about, why did, why did Michael fight? Why did the other angels fight? If we understand what caused that battle, because heaven was peaceful, no battle, no need for quarrel, no need for battle. Everybody was there, all the angels were there, obeying the voice of God. All right? And suddenly the Bible says there was war. If we go to the book of, first, of Isaiah chapter 14, and we'll come back to this, Revelations chapter 12. Isaiah 14 says, from verse 12, How have you fallen from heaven, O morning star, or O Lucifer, son of the dawn? You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Now listen to this. Of the stars, which implies here angels, because the first reference is, O you Lucifer. So it says, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the other angels. I will sit on the mount of assembly, on the uttermost height of the sacred mountain. Ascend above the, I will make myself like the most high, but you are brought down to the grave, to the dead. That there are some in this and the revelations I read to you. Now, what happened according to the scripture is that there was peace in heaven until one angel called Lucifer decided to rule over the other angels. He converted the position of God Almighty and he decided that, look, why should it be God only that is ruling us? Why can't I also rule? Let me say something to you. In looking at the devil, you will see how he still operates in spiritual warfare till today. The same thing he did there, he is doing today. And so, he decided that, well, he should be superior to his counterparts, his colleagues. And I will tell you why he felt so. And so he decided that, look, I will tend to the head higher above, and I will above the stars of God. Now if you look at these, therefore, he was 
given a throne by God. So he was given a power, a jurisdiction. He had authority over some angels. This is the same way the devil does now, up till today. We must learn from him so that we will not be deceived by him. Of course. And he said he will rise up above the angels and then go to the mountain of God and sit in the office of God and get, get rid of God. So that everyone will now, he will now rule over everybody happened the Bible tells us that that we pain in heaven by him verse 3 of Revelation it says then another sign appeared in heaven an Michael said, we've got to draw the line. And this is the... Revelations 2.7 says that Michael started the battle, not Satan. Satan was just blasting and blabbing. But Michael is in the battle. So he says, Michael fought against the devil. Michael and his angels fought against the devil. But the Bible says, and the devil fought back. Anytime you have to start it, you know, most times you start it indirectly without knowing. When you feel that there's a threat around you, what happens? You start praying. Your prayer will change completely. 
When you look at your life and it seems as if your life is not going according to what the Bible says, what do you do? You fast, you pray, and you start seeking God. Anytime you take actions like that, you are drawn a battle line. Alright? And all the time, Satan always brings threats, and the threats of the devil should provoke a reaction of warfare. Then who sits down and Satan threatens you and you keep quiet, then the devil will make the second move to really touch you. If you keep quiet, then he will make the third move to really destroy you. And if he is not able to do that, he feels he will look for an attempt to kill you. Jesus said in the book of John 10.10, 10, The thief has come, but to kill, to steal, to destroy. The devil will seek to steal your joy or to steal something that God has given you freely. Like here, he wanted to steal the throne of other angels. Okay? He will seek also to, to, to destroy you. If he cannot, he seeks to kill you. Believers must know, battle that is called spiritual warfare must be started by you, nobody there. You dictate what happens in that field. But if you keep quiet, the devil will prevail. Another thing I want to notice in this is that the devil fought back. He's always fighting back. You don't expect to bind the devil, cast him out, bruise him, and do whatever you like. And the devil just say, oh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. No. He will run away when you rebuke him and cast him out. But he's coming back to check. He's coming back to check. He's coming back to check whether there's a weak point. The end of this message will show you something that the devil did to a man that is so brilliant. A man so villain that God honors so much. And you will see how many mighty have fallen by the same trick of the devil. Alright? So, we recognize that the devil fights back. But of course, Basse tells us he's never strong enough. The devil cannot be strong enough only on one condition. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the, of the testimony. Anybody who has been saved, that is if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the blood of the Lamb already. With the blood, the devil cannot penetrate. He cannot prevail. With the blood, he always will fail. Understand? Because where the devil blows any wind to someone who is under the blood, the, the first response from you is Jesus, isn't it? Finish. And God bestow upon him a name that is above all names, that are the name of Jesus every day shall bow. So always have this in your understanding. Let this, let this propel you. I can offend the devil. I can mess him up. I can do whatever I like to him by my authority. He can re re respond equivocally. He could fight. He could disrupt all over. But he can never be strong enough. Whatever strength the devil comes with, your spirit in you will produce a higher strength because of the Spirit of God. Listen to me. I have been involved in going to all these, you know, voodoo places. And I've met ministers who said to me that, but you know, you know, you must be, you must fortify home very well because the devil is going to attack you. And I showed them that you don't need to go to voodoo place to preach before the devil attacks you. He attacks you every day anyway. 
The devil attacks you every day. But he's never strong enough. He can never be strong enough. Never. Let me show you one more thing. So we know that the devil will fight back. But we know that whatever he does, he cannot be strong enough as long as you are on the side of Christ. Then he says that great dragon was hauled down, the ancient serpent called the devil. So how we know that he was the dragon and he is the serpent in the garden of Eden is because the Bible tells us here, the great, that, great, that great dragon, alright, okay, the, the ancient serpent called the devil, he was hauled down. Well, who leads the whole world astray, sorry. The great dragon was hauled down that ancient serpent called the devil. So it means that he, he is the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Do we have evidence of that in the Bible? Let's look quickly at the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 2. And look at verse 12. It says, Son of man, take up lamentation concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, This is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Okay? Every precious stone adore you. Rubies, so light, oxen, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and bar. Your senses and mountains were made of gold. That is the joint of his body. The joints of his fingers. They were made of gold. You know, we have wrinkles in our joints. All over here you have wrinkles. But imagine this being that the joint of his body is gold. His neck, you know, all these lines in your neck, on your skin, they are gold. This is how God created this being. And then he went further to say, on the day you were created, you were prepared. They, they, they were, you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. Okay? That is his role. So, for so I ordained you. You were at the mount of God. You remember in, his, in Isaiah, he said, I will go to the mount of God. Okay? You walked among the fairy stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, O guardian cherub. Now, understand therefore that this guardian cherub certainly is the one Isaiah is talking about. And that is the one that the book of Revelation is talking about. By evidence. But it says that you were in the Garden of Eden. And you know in the Garden of Eden, God created two people. Until the third person shows up. And the Bible calls that person serpent. Isn't it? That is the reason why Revelations refer to him as the ancient serpent. So we have from the evidence of scriptures that Revelation is talking about nobody else but the devil. Ezekiel 28 is talking about nobody else but the devil. Isaiah 14, 12 is talking about nobody else but the devil. Okay, having established that, let's go further. Back to Revelations 12, 7. 
It says, verse 9, the dragon was hauled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hauled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night have been hauled down. Verse 11 now tells us how did Michael win the battle? What should a Christian have to be able to win spiritual warfare? That is, battle against the powers of hell. It says they overcame him by the blood of Jesus and by the word of their testimony. Alright? They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. There are some who have the culture of pleading the blood of Jesus. Okay? If anybody tells you that you shouldn't say, you shouldn't do that, I disagree with that person. They overcame him by the blood, the Bible says. If anything comes against you, you can say, Jesus against you. Legitimate is a weapon. Hello? We have said it to some people and they somersaulted. <laughs> Amen? They were coming violently. They said, the blood of Jesus and they somersaulted to the back. If the blood of Jesus, calling the blood of Jesus has no potency. So what is, tell me what happened to that. They are occult. The blood of Jesus has power. You can call it. It's a weapon. It's the, it's the instrument of salvation. What cleanses you and I. It is available for use. As well. A weapon of warfare. I will together now. So the blood of Jesus is a weapon. We talk about weapons of warfare later on. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. This is the evidence that the spiritual warfare continues. Isn't it? Did you, can you catch that? It says woe to the earth because the devil has what? But you know that what the devil did on heaven, that he was kicked out, is the same thing he's doing today. Two things he did in heaven. He campaigned and lied to some people and deceived them and they followed him. The devil is still deceiving many people on earth today who are following him, who believe that he has some power. Okay? The second thing he did in heaven was that he attempted to take over the life of order and control them. Till today, devil is still striving to take the life of everybody and control humanity. Those are the two things. And this is the reason why you have to draw the battle line. When things don't go the way you think, draw a battle line. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. When things are happening contrary to what is written, you draw a battle line. Let me say something to you. In you drawing a battle line of fight, I will not agree with anybody's uh, fixed uh, specification of approach. You pray. If you feel like fasting, you fast. It doesn't matter. 
If somebody will put on to like fasting, whatever they feel like doing, as long as it's within the jurisdiction of the world, do it. But one thing that must be common among all you doing, the word in your mouth. The word of God in your mouth. The word of God in your mouth. I told you sometime when I was teaching you that some of us, because we are not, we do not study the word of God regularly, alright, we come to circumstances or situations in life that instead of us to command in the name of Jesus, we haven't got enough faith to do that. So people like that, what do they revert into? Fasting. Because when you start fasting now, there is something that tells you now that your faith is rising, isn't it? Your confidence is rising. And if fasting will make your confidence rise, as long as it can make you rise. So what you may fast for, I may not. Because I've lived a fasting life before you. Okay? What you may begin to fast for, the other person may not because he walks with God. I would rather do the, the second than retain myself in the, the prior. I would rather walk with God, okay, so that I can have confidence in God than just live in like a basical attitude of life with God only to want to hold God ransom my fasting. Well, your fasting will woo him anyway. <laughs> because whenever you come back crying, <laughs> he, he, he will drive away what is making you cry first. Even if you just punish what is punishing you. Look at how he does to Israel. You know, there's something I was sharing with Pastor when we were coming that, you know, something about God is this. There are some children of God, you know, the Bible says they are ignoble. We looked at that in the, in the, in the, in the seminar, you know. And this, this children of God, some of them are still dogs, you know. They go back to their vomit sometimes. And they suffer consequences all the time. Because anytime the devil is the one who made them go back there and save the devil so that I can punish them. Something funny about angels. When they see a child of God surrounded by demons, afflicted and, you know, bamboos because of his waywardness, because of his disobedience, all the angels will stand around him, you know, not but unable to act. Unable to act. But they are so eager to deliver him because he's a saint washed by the blood. They will do everything in their power to make sure that that saint is delivered. But because of the spiritual principle that your sin has barricaded you, they cannot cross the boundary. But as they are punishing, the demons are punishing that Christian and doing all manners of nonsense and beating him up, you know, making his life miserable, doing all manners of things. God is folding his hand. Why? Because God wanted that Christian to come to a place where he will cry out for mercy. Okay? But you know something? The moment that Christian gets to the very dumb bottom, and he now comes to his senses that, ah, ah, it is my, my sins that are causing this. It is my disobedience. Oh Lord! Jesus! The angels will fly from everywhere available. You will, you will be, if your eyes can open and you see the principle, what, what is happening, you will be marveled. Like lightning they will act. Because they can't wait to deliver his sins of God. And God uses the devil is back to him. It's awesome. But you and I will not be victim of that because we will obey the Lord. Say to somebody as for me in my house, the Lord shall rise up. Victory ever.
feel bad too. Listen to me. You can always be on the wing only by obedience. Only by obedience. Now, I think, let me show you some things. Because I have a very short time tonight. This is the reason why the Bible in the New Testament tells us in the book of Ephesians. Let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, of darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Now let me say something to you. There have been a bit of confusion, God, about some called classification of this uh, stuff, you know, this part of darkness ritual. This is. I want to show you something. Where do we, or how could we place this um, hierarchy? Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spirit of wickedness in high places. Let's look at the book of Daniel. Who are principalities? Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But of the passion then Michael one of the chief princes came to help me certainly prince cannot be the least in the kingdom of hell are we resonating? Come on now, we're talking together. Because here, the Bible, that being speaking to Daniel said, I was coming to you with a reply of your prayer, but a prince, it has to take a prince to delay a prince. The chief prince came. Okay? And when it came, end of the battle. I love it. <laughs> oh! You know, there are some deep things in the Bible. When you look at the Bible sometimes, you need to just keep laughing. <laughs> Why would God not send the chief prince 
the first day. Why will he allow the prince to be detained? Why God knew that, that prince bringing the reply to Daniel will be detained. And God did not do anything to stop it. It's because God wanted to teach us a lesson. One of the lessons that we learn from that is that if you pray according to chapter 18, that which you have, it says Jesus taught them this parable to teach them how to pray and not give up. And it taught us the parable of the persistent who was praying to an unjust judge, though the judge does not believe in God or fear God. But he said because of the importunity, if I don't answer this woman, it will, she will wear me out. <coughs> okay? And Jesus says, pray until your joy is full. You can get anything from the Lord if you understand the principle. The second thing we learn is that why would God go on a hurricane? And this is the guiding light that helps us to be able to 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 uh, you know unravel the mystery of. It says you fight against princes first, then powers, authority. In the, in the book of Daniel, it didn't end there. It says that Michael, the chief prince, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Okay? The king of Persia, that tells us about a title of a spirit. <clears throat> okay? But in the kingdom of God, there's only one king. Alright? And so, all angels are princes. You don't have king among them. You have chief princes among them. <clears throat> but in, in the kingdom of Satan, somebody has adopted to be the king. Who is Lucifer? But he is a prince. Don't make mistake about that. Therefore, go back to your Ephesians. Principalities are princes who are authorities over nations, according to the evidence of Daniel chapter 10, because this prince is attached to Persian kingdom. Now, when the Bible says that the prince of Persian kingdom, then that tells us that the, the oppression of Satan on earth is very highly governmental. The devil has assigned some spirits over some cities, over nations first, then he has appointed some spirits <clears throat> over cities. Then he has appointed some spirits over boroughs or counties or local government. What do you call it? The geographic. Then he has appointed some, some spirits over each street. Then he has appointed some spirits over each house. Then he has appointed some spirits over each family. And he has appointed and spread over each individual. But the hierarchy of the devil is the prince, then the subsidiary under them are given power to execute. Alright? They determine according to the limits of their jurisdiction. Then you have under them those that the Bible calls authority. <clears throat> okay? Then under them you have the spiritual 
of the largest army. They are the full soldiers. And in the spiritual host, just like the military of a country. Let me take a little bit further. I establish that, therefore, part of the host or along the hierarchy of Satan are both human beings and spirits. Human beings and spirits. I want to spend just 15 minutes remaining. I will skip many things. To talk about the roles of angels in battle. Let's look at the book of Numbers 22. Numbers 22. In this Numbers 22, you will see the role of angel in battle, and you will see, you know, you know why an angel, you know, really it's um, uh, it, this, this is it. I want to show you how angels will fight. When any evil person decides to attack your destiny. That is the best way to call that. Anytime any evil person decided to, to destroy destiny, angels, angels go into battle. They fight. And it's of the strength of God. If you look at the first from verse 1, it says, Then the Israelites traveled through the plains of, Shai, of Moab and camped along the Jordan, across the Jericho. Now, Balak, son of Zippo, saw all that God had done to Amorites, okay? And Moabites was terrified, or Moab was terrified, because there were so many people. Indeed, because Moab was filled with, with dread because of the Israelites. Now, this is what happened. These Moab people, they had about how they were Israel and how God had destroyed the enemies of Israel. And now Israel was coming towards their path. Alright? And they got so so terrified. And when they got terrified, they took a decision. It says, so Verse 2. Now, Balak, son of Zippor, saw all the Israelites, all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And in verse 4, he says, The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox lick up, licks up the grass of the field. So, Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Boab who was a, a pitho near the river, in the native land, in his native land, Balak said, a people have come out from Egypt, or of Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now, come and put a curse on these people because... They are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the country. 
I want to look at this. Somebody is planning an evil against a child of God, and the child of God did not even know it. Balaam, Balak, Balak, and his Moabites, they belong to a, a, you know, a group of the spiritual hosts of wickedness. People who belong to all called who worship idols, and they just got angry, they are not happy about you, and they decided to just destroy you because God is blessing you. Alright? So, that is the position. I wanted to have those who are watching me on television who believe very nonsense or people afflicting people who did this to me, people do that to me. Israel did not know that somebody was planning against them. Okay? But the God of Israel saw everything. That's just your God. Aha. But then, Mr. Balaam, stupid enough, decided to go. Because he had given. Now, in verse 21, he says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the prince of Moab. But God was very angry. And the angel of the Lord stood in the roadside to what? Oppose him. Anybody who plan evil against you, angel of the Lord opposes them. That is why I have no problem. over somebody says someone against me. Somebody wants to plan something. It's not my business. It is the business of angels. It is the business of angels. Are we together now? Let me say something to you. If you look at this story, because I want to move into other things, you will discover that this, this man, Balaam, after the angel opposed him, the Bible tells us that, but God was very angry with him, the angel stood in the, in the road opposed him. Balaam was riding on the donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel, 23, donkey saw vision. Hallelujah. <laughs> donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing on the road, listen to this, with a drawn sword in his hand. She turned off the road into the field. Balaam beat the donkey and said, get back to the road. The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall and pressed the leg of Balaam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then, Balaam's foot against it. So, he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn. Either to the right or to the left. Now listen to this interesting thing. When the angel saw 
when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down on the bed. <laughs> and he was angry. She laid down and Bella was angry. And beat her with a star. Then the Lord what? Opened the donkey's mouth. <laughs> and she said to Bella, What have I done to you? <laughs> I love this. What have I done to you? To make, to, to make you beat me this time. Bella answered the donkey. Can <laughs> you imagine? You have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you right now. The donkey said to Bela, I'm, I'm, I'm not, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in this habit of doing this to you? No, Bela said. The Lord opened Bela's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn, so he bowed Your enemy will bow down before the angels of the Lord. You know, we Christians have great legacy. I don't fear anything, man. <laughs> As it was in the beginning, so it is. I never shall it be well without end. When I read this, I almost laughed my head off. You know, God is so interesting that he allows some things to take place in the Bible just because of the sons of salvation to learn. The angel is always ready to draw a sword against anybody who calls your name in darkness. It does not matter where they call your name, either in the barren heights, either in the forest, either under the sea, in the river. You don't have to worry yourself about those things. There's only one thing expected of you. If you look at, he says, This man went all over the place. Eventually, God said, okay, go. But you say only what I tell you. He changed the tape of his mouth. When this man now saw Israel, he says in verse 5, chapter 23, the Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth. Balaam is, a, is like a voodoo priest. He is probably part of principalities of powers. Because those offices are occupied by man and spirits. Satan assigned them. The reason why I believe that Balaam was a principality was because the Bible says anything Balaam says comes to pass. A mortal man cannot get to that height with a devil without being a principality. He can summon demons. My father used to be. And I know when my father was a, a devil worshiper. In his own cult, he was the only human being. All the members of his, of his jurisdiction or cult, they were all demons. And when he's in a room like this speaking, you hear many people discussing and chatting, but when you enter the room, it's only the only person you will see. You will wonder who are the other people speaking. People like them don't live among people. That's why Balaam does not live in the city. He went to live in, in a, a forest remote forest. Because all his accomplices are just devils. But it doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter who they are. Whether they are principles of power or love, darkness, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can imagine this man, if he's not so demonic, how could he be talking to a donkey? If some of you, donkey speak 
Even if, if you hear hello by donkey, you will just collapse instantly. <laughs> you will not even be able to answer the donkey. <laughs> Can you imagine your dog just wiggled the tail and came to you? And the dog said, hello, Alfred. Pentecostal guys, you will begin to pray in tongues instantly. Tongue will finish in the tongue house. <laughs> Look at what happened. Then he says, The Lord put a message in his mouth, verse 5. Balaam <coughs> and, and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So he went back to, to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the princes of Moab. Then Balaam uttered this oracle. Listen to the oracle. Verse 19. Now, let me just read it. From that 7. Balaam uttered this oracle. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, <clears throat> from the eastern mountain. Come, he said, curse Alfred. Come, he said, curse Joseph. He said, come, curse Jacob and denounce Israel. Now look at what he says. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? He began to prophesy. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? So who is the one who tells you that you can be cursed? That principle tells us that a man cannot be cursed unless God permits it. Am I correct? You remember that the Bible first tells you in verse 7 that God put the message in his mouth. So what Balaam is saying now is not his own message. It is prophecy. What God wants his children to know. How can I denounce those whom God has not denounced? For from the rocky peak I see them. From the height I view them. I see a people who live apart. That is the key. The victory in spiritual warfare is for you to live apart from the world. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Reason why Christians fail in warfare is because you cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. Sons of Kippers went to cast demons out. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ, that Paul preached, I command you, devil, come out. The devil said, Yes, I'm coming out. But who are you? Who are you? I come out and I enter into you now. So the way he came out and he got them, he beat nonsense out of them. He said, Paul will know, Jesus will know. Who are thou? They are not people who have separated themselves. You know, when some of us are boasting about God and so, so bold, don't you know what makes us bold? We have no other, no cockroach in our cupboard. Am I together? I mean, if you want to chop life, and you understand that to chop life means to also chop suffering. Hallelujah, somebody. You better go and chop it. And then you would have a desire of suffering. Amen. A desire of defeat all the time. Today, happiness, tomorrow, bad sorrow. Today, a little success and tomorrow, disappointment that is, that is astronomical. But if you want to keep on the victory side, he said, I see people who live apart. They have put the world behind them. You remember what I told you? The three pillars of life. Number one. Number two, number three, 
Good, you got it. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive others. Don't deceive God. The time has come for those who go to church. If you want to serve God, serve Him. If you don't want to serve God, get out of church. Serve whatever you want. Ready for the desire. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good thing. You know, when I see Christians that they say that in Jesus' name and they are manifesting demons, I wonder where they got it from. Is it part of the gift of the Holy Ghost? Demons. Have you read that in the Bible? <clears throat> so, where should you get demons from? The Bible says, presenting your body a living sacrifice. If you don't, then whoever you present your body to is the one who manifests inside your body. If you have not presented your body to the devil, he cannot manipulate your body. Come on now. Key to victory is to live apart. Some of that time I will teach you on this one. I think this convention should be one month. I'm teaching you every day. Do you know something? These people, if you read chapter 25, this same Balaam went to his own country and divinated with his idol. And the idol said to him that, look, go and get them girls. If you can get them your girls, then their God will punish them, not you. These ones, Satan can't touch them. It's only their God can touch them. Deception of the devil is the greatest spiritual warfare weapon in the hands of Satan. Let me say this to you because I might have to stop in a few minutes now. Satan, the same thing that he used for himself, he's using for everybody. He said in his heart, and I will rise up. Whenever the devil can make a man feel in his heart, I am more than what I am. Okay? You God. He says, and I will raise my throne higher. The moment anyone is not satisfied with what is apportioned to him, and you convert something more than that, you are finished. Listen to me. And then he said, I will, I will, be, I will raise myself to the highest mountain, and I will know everybody. Anybody who has such ambition, Satan is the one who sets you up. No, let me show you something. I will show you this one. Lord, you will help me this hour. Let me show you this one. I wanted to show you to the, at the end. But anyway, the end has already come. First Chronicles 21. You know how much God loves David? You know how much David is victorious? You know how much no man can stand against David? Alright? You know how much Satan feared David? But look at this. Spiritual warfare. Why David failed. He began by saying Satan rose up against Israel. And did what? Read it loud for me. Read it loud for me. This is the man who said, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. How did he become a man that Satan can incite? Huh? Satan saw that every, every battle he won, he won, he won, he won, he won. How can I get him? You pastors, listen to me very well now. He was a shepherd.
Christ. When you hear anybody under this heaven, among those people, anybody who has a church, a church leader, and they say that he pastored a church 10,000 strong, they are liars. They counted those who worship every day. When they have conference and members of other people's churches come, they count that number and they publish it as their number. Oh, yes. I'm on television now. Lymus is in the church. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive others. And I told them, I wrote them back, the number of worshippers in my church is one and a half. Yeah, they asked me, what do you mean by that? I said, I and my wife is the half. Because I don't know if she decided to me and said to me that, look, Apostle, God is calling me too. Then she's gone to start her own ministry too. Hmm? The only one that I know is a member of CLD Church is me. And they laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and said, you guy, you are, you are a strange guy. You know, I'm strange. This man, God said, don't count them. Satan incited him. Why? Look at you. So many people under your control. You have millions under your control. Look at your army. They run into millions. Bigger than any army in the whole nation. And they, are they not all my law subjects? Can you see what I was saying? The reason why he wanted the counting? Why does my Lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on his way? I told um, uh, your pastors that you must have your administrators who can tell you that, look, you can't go this area, it's not right. My administrators are sitting here. Who can tell you that? If you decide something that is not correct or against what you teach, they can tell you that, sir, what you teach us, remember, is this. But this you are telling us, you know, it's not what you teach us. You can't do that. When you take some decisions that could implicate you in law, they can say, oh, sir, by my career, this is the end result of this. Oh, I back off. If you don't have people can talk to your head, no matter how head you are, that head, <laughs> that head will be cut off <laughs> one day. Yeah, humiliated. This man, this man, Joah, was the commander of the army. He was there when God said to, to Daniel, to David, don't count my people for me. He fought all battles for David and won all battles for David. All right, there are people with David who killed more lions with their bare hands. David only killed one. 
But you see, but Joab replied, made the Lord multiply. Then verse 4, the king's sword, however, the king's word, however, overruled Joab. The king's word overruled Joab. So Joab left and went through Israel and then came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of fighting men. He did it reluctantly because he cannot disobey his authority. But he knows that what he sent me to do is not right before God. Verse 7 says, this command was also evil in the sight of God, so he punished Israel. God punished Israel. You know, then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. The Lord said to God, David here." Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Are we together? Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. Option number one. So God went to David and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice of three years of famine. Number one. Three months of being swept away before your enemies with their sword overtaking you, or three days of sword of the Lord. What would David do? Sword of the Lord. <laughs> that is what, if I was him too, I would choose the sword of the Lord. Because if you give me to my enemies, they will never hear, I'm sorry. But if the, the sword of the Lord, if I fall on that sword of the Lord, if you pay me so much and I cry, God will, he will pain his heart. Will, okay, 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 okay. David said, God, I'm in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord. <laughs> so the Lord said, a plague on Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead because of the contravention of the head. You protect your head so much. Protecting your head means telling the truth. Okay? A spiritual head that they can't talk to has lost his head. And God sent an angel. Now look at where angel is. And God sent an angel to destroy. This angel is sent to destroy the enemies of Israel. Not Israel. But now he has to destroy Israel. These are angels that minister to Israel. Now they have to. You know those angels when they are told by God to do those things, they feel sad, but they have to do it. Because the settler of God is standard. What you do, whatever your action trigger, they must make sure you get it. Because in the jurisprudence of God, equity is the standard. No respect out of man. Look at what it says here. But an angel of the Lord was going, was doing so, the Lord saw it and was grieved. You see what I'm saying to you? He hates punishing his children, but he has to. If they contravene eternal order. Because of the calamity and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! With that, withdraw your hands. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the treasure floor of Arunah, Aran, 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 the Jebusite. 
David looked up, look at this, and saw the angel of the Lord standing between the heavens and the earth with a drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders clothed in sacred face face down. Tomorrow I will continue with you. Spiritual warfare is real. Whenever you pray, angels are in action. Whenever the enemy plots against you, angels are in action. But don't fall a victim of rebellion against God because they turn the same sword against you. Let's stand up together on our feet. We're going to pray one prayer today. Father, enable me to, to obey you to the end. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Do not permit me to do anything that will set you against me. Help me, Lord. It is pride that brought the dilemma. Tell the Lord, Father, help me, help me, help me to obey you with all my heart, with all my strength. Deception of Satan. Pray, God, do not let the devil deceive me. Do not let the devil have the access to incite me. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord my God. Pray and tell God, let your word in my mouth be authority. Let my word be your word. Father, empower me, Lord Jesus. Empower me, Lord Jesus. We ask for strength, we ask for power. God, let me always bring joy to your heart. Let my attitude and conduct, oh God, be sanitized. Now begin to thank God for the mighty angels of God who fight battle on behalf of the saints of God and now. Give God the praise and glory and honor. Are not all angels ministering spirit sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Lift up your voice and bless the Lord for His holy angels. Lift up your voice and thank God for His holy angels. Father, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. My Lord.
I stand in the covenant of old. That is renewed in the living son of God. Which says, and the Lord called the priesthood and said, you will bless my people. The charge that you gave unto the priesthood through Aaron. That was confirmed in Christ is, you set us apart as your messengers to pronounce blessing upon your people. To those who are listening to me right now, those who are standing before me, I declare the Lord bless you. As it was impossible for Balaam and Balak to overcome Israel. Even when they plotted in the secret, without the knowledge of Israel, may the Lord overthrow every plot against your life. As the angel of the Lord stood and opposed Balaam, who was the messenger of hell, to destroy Israel, every spirit of hell aside against you, the Lord will send his angels and he will stand opposed to them. The angel of the Lord will start opposed to your enemies. Every thought of hell to manipulate your mind so that the devil may have access to destroy your I declare, in the name of he that lives forever and ever, they shall fail over you. <coughs> Father, the garment of heaven that Balak saw <coughs> upon Israel. Let it rob everyone who is hearing my voice at this hour. This is convention. It was in convention that year that God listened and hearkened to the voice of Hannah. In this convention, heaven will answer to your cry. The God of heaven will listen to your petition. That which you have been working over, that which you have been asking God, it shall be done before the end of this week. This week shall be a week of celebration for you. It shall be a week of exaltation for you. It shall be a week of healing for you. If there is anyone under an affliction among us, which came because this, the devil incited his mind and pushed that person to the place of God's wrath, Father, as you had mercy upon Israel, and you saw the angel of Lord, send your mercy to them, O God. Father, send your mercy to the whole family, O God. Send your mercy to such persons, O God. I command the afflictors to cease in the name of Jesus, O God, Nazareth. I command the afflictors to withdraw in the name of Jesus, O of Nazareth. Lord, I am your throne, let it descend upon your people. Let your mercy descend upon your people. Let your mercy descend upon your people. <coughs> the days of darkness is over. Your morning star has risen. So shall it be and so it is. Anyone that is hearing me that is sick, you are cleansed. The root of infirmity in you is dead. The fruits of wellness and wholeness spring forth from within you. Your liver, kidney, pancreas, blood healed. The water in your body, the veins, arteries, 
the joints and the cartilages and the liquid that lubricates all your joints. Healed. Every form of pain in the neck, in the left side of the rib, gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless you because it is done. Even the one that is watching at home with toothache, you are healed in the name of Jesus. That solidness in your jaw vanished right now. Thank you, King of Heaven, because it's done. As we ask in Jesus' anointed name. Somebody say Amen. Somebody say Amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Our God is good. Our God is good. Well, just turn to the person standing next to us and say congratulations. Hallelujah. Please let's be seated. We bless the Lord because we are living and around in a time such as this. It's a special time. You know, there was, uh, over the 90 days, one of the things that we discovered was the need for you or for us to be alert. There is a time for everything. Praise the Lord. And this is a time that is going to catapult us into greater things. It's our offering time. 